know so many of you are influencers, leaders, entrepreneurs, innovators, perhaps just people who are passionate with a message. I think you're all of the above, honestly. And when I meet you as a community, I am so honored. I'm so humbled. I'm so excited for the listeners that are gathered here in the Fit and Faith podcast over the last three seasons. And it's unbelievable that we're about to enter into season four as a top 1% worldwide in a show that has become second nature, has become not a part of my planner, but a, a part of my being, honestly. Like, I can't wait till I get the opportunity to talk to incredible humans like I did today. Eric Mitchell is from Life Flip Media. He is a media agent, an expert. He has been over just this year in 220 something episodes live on TV this year. So he's got a thing or two to teach you about how to storytell, how to cultivate your message, how to get in front and be in front of the producers so that you too can be on this format of stage. I was on TV a lot when I was little, and so it excites me at the opportunity to potentially partner with Eric in this way, moving forward to get to the millions and the masses in a way that social media doesn't touch. And while I don't watch TV, and I talk to you all about why in this episode, there is an avenue and a lane and a need for us showing up, delivering light and love and energy and business. And that's what we are. That's what we do here in the Fit and Faith podcast. So I'm excited for you to connect with Eric Mitchell. I'm excited for you to get on your own TV show, right? Like I want to see you live and in action. So tag me when that happens with the incredible tools and tactics that he gives you in this show. But additionally, if you're looking for further mentoring, if you're looking to share your message in a unique way, cultivating your message, maybe it's through podcasting, maybe it's through publishing and you want to write a book, our company, Fit and Faith Media, that's what we do. And so I would be honored to have a conversation with you, a call with you, whatever it is, in order to bring that to life. And then once we get it all finite and beautiful and tie that beautiful ribbon on it, we'll pass it to Eric and Eric will put you on TV. Let's do it. This is what Kingdom Collaboration looks like. Oh, come on, come on. Let's help. Let's do it. Let's shine. Let's glow. Let's get fit in faith. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Fresh on the mic this morning, Eric Mitchell. I'm so excited to be with you, you guys. He is a media expert and a new friend, and I am excited to just interview him, hear about his backstory and the incredible people that he's had the opportunity of serving uh, as being an agent or manager. I'm still dissecting what all that means, and so I'm sure he's going to teach me today. Eric, thanks for being here. 
Thanks for having me here. I was loving the intro because I was noticing some amazing faces of people who I consider in my tribe. I saw my boy, Mr. Carter there. So I was, yes. just, it, it, was it was warming my soul to see the faces that I, I really adore on there. So, you know, it's How such you a, a, an experience and, and I've loved podcasting probably most in anything I've ever done in my career uh, because of the quality time, because of the experience of connection and relationship. And we don't get enough of it. I wish I could do it more often. This past probably quarter, we went from one to two a week to five a week. And I thought it was going to be hard and I get so jazzed by it every single time because you all bring me energy. Uh, but the one thing that I always say through podcasting is I show up with a desired heart for conviction, which is weird, but also something because I just want to be better at, at being a human and being a follower of the Lord and being a better entrepreneur and being a better friend and mother and wife and all of these things. And every single time without question, I'm convicted. And so I can't wait to see what you teach me today. <laughs> a lot of pressure there. Wow. 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 <laughs> Good, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to teach. I'm, I love this because it's not a short format, which I'm used to about five to seven minutes and then bye, Eric. So this is this not is today. Fun. Today, the fame, the spotlight's on you. So <laughs> so let's hear, Eric, how how did you get into what you're doing now? Um, take us back as early as you'd like, um, because I think that it's such an intriguing space for a lot of people and especially influencers and entrepreneurs, which are a huge part of my audience. They want to be in the limelight. And I know that there are pros and cons to all of that. And so take us through your journey to exploration. That's a tough, I was thinking of a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but I don't want to start when I was young. <laughs> that's not exciting to anybody. Uh, I got out of the Marine Corps after serving uh, just a, a brief tour with the Corps. I got out and got into tech and truth behold, I wasn't a very good salesperson, but apparently I have the gift of gab, which I guess is good if you're a salesperson. I was really good at the talking part, really bad at the getting people to buy at the time. Uh, so they that. said, hey, why that. don't you come over to our public relations team uh, at this up and coming startup? I've been acquired three times in my career, but this was my first ever opportunity. They're like, go try it out. Mind you, like my degree is in criminal justice. So yeah, <laughs> not you know, we'll, let's, we'll go try this public relations thing. <laughs> at the time it was, let's go try it out with social media. And there was this new thing called Facebook and Twitter was up. And I jumped into it and started doing media contacts. Now, this was on the tech side of the house. So I really jumped into, you know, tech crunch and all these. I forget. There were so many different publications at the time and younger TV networks. This is when streaming cable was something of the future. But CNN, all the networks we have today still existed. This is like reaching out to them. And I had like a Rolodex and I just started making phone calls and I started getting our executives on TV. And then I just started a craft in doing it. It became something where I was like, okay, you got to do this. I spent hours at home watching CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all of those networks to help teach, like basically on the job training, teach my executives who are big wigs at this multi-billion dollar company how to do their job. And they're like listening to me and they're like, well, we're not going to argue with you because you're in the Marine Corps. And I'm like, <laughs> you probably should argue with me because you literally know. Because I was in the Marine night. Corps. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I knew I learned this last night. You should probably know that what I'm telling you right now, I'm repeating That's from awesome. seeing. But I started doing that and I really fell in love with it. And I think one of the things that I could say I love about media, uh, doing what I do in media, is the fact that it changes every day. And I think it's important for people to understand I, my mind goes everywhere, probably will go 100 different places while we're talking right now. But 
it's fun because every day is a new story. The news changes, especially dealing in breaking news and national, international media. It's fun because it's ever changing. It's never the same. I wake up in the morning and it's like, what happened while I slept for those eight hours? And that's right. I do get about six to eight hours of sleep, sound sleep, because my yeah, brain needs right. to shut off so I yes. can wake up and do that. And I mean, there's a lot of my day that is consumed with media. And there's other time that I take time for prayer. I take time. So there's a lot of different things that I do in my day when it comes to media. But my start started with this opportunity. This, It was like, here you go, run with it. And just like everything else, I didn't have doubt. I've never doubted myself to accomplish something in anything. I would have never made it in the Marine Corps from those moments I put my feet on the yellow footprints in San Diego, California at MCRD San Diego, if I would have doubted myself at all. So since that time, they handed me the keys, they handed me the ball, and I ran. And it's been a journey ever since. I don't think a lot of people can say that they've ever not doubted themselves. Do you feel like you've met other people who feel that way? Uh, other Marines. I yeah. mean, it's something that we believe. I mean, yeah, I know from going in the Marine Corps, but I mean, my grandfather, he's a World War II hero to me. I don't know if he's World War II hero to anyone else, but he was to me, always taught me to have confidence in myself. <laughs> that I never doubt myself that, it, that between what self-belief and belief that God's not going to let me fail. That's just something that he's like, look, that's what people believe. That's how he made it up the shores of D-Day, right? Up, You know, this is how people made it through the worst of the worst. And I look at um, our greatest generation being, you know, the older generation that survived World War II, one of the worst things ever. Those folks had to believe in something to make it an inch on a beach. I'm just trying to survive in life. So, okay. And then I learned in the military, uh, at least the motto is, well, did you die? Nope, you're still breathing. Let's go. You got a fresh 24, you go. And you may knock me down, but you will not knock me out. You can knock me to my knee, but I'll stand right back up because I know I have people who believe in me. So good. It was interesting that you brought that up because yesterday I was interviewing uh, Dr. Tiffany Tajiri, and she was actually mentioning from a physiological and a psychological perspective that if you have faith, there's actually almost like an added vortex around your brain and that doubt that you're speaking of doesn't have the same ability of penetration because of that protective layer, which is is wild to even think of that being a thing, but it is. Um, so I love that. And I think if we are better at cultivating it, then uh, more people would do what they're made to do uh, with the faith and the belief system that if God calls you to it, he's going to bring you through it. I agree with you because I think one of the things, and I'm not a doctor by any means, but what I will <laughs> yeah, say is- Yeah, she was super fancy. <laughs> yeah. She sounds like she has an education on this, and I'm just going to give you Ericisms, which hey, I I like, are not medical advice at all, please. If you're listening, <laughs> this is not medical advice. No, but what I believe is people, I think people mistake failure or a misstep as like, oh, I can't do it. No, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying I haven't failed a hundred times. Trust me, my wife will tell you in a heartbeat all the times that I failed. There's fewer times that I've been successful to fail, but I don't look at that as something bad. There's a reason why God tests all of us, right? We have to know we're being tested just like Jesus was, right? So here we are doing the same thing. My belief is, yeah, failure is part of the plan. And by failing, I only get stronger and I help those along. And by failing, now I'm in a position where I can help people reach, you know, send the elevator back down to bring them up with us. So we all rise together. And that's important to me. And I know all my failures led to the journey down the road. It's not something quick and fast. I know we all love that, right? We want, we want it solved like that. But unfortunately, 
our lives aren't an hour long like a TV sitcom. We don't solve everything. It, you, you can binge watch our life for as long as you want. But unfortunately, sometimes you got to get to like season 30 before it gets really good. And you have to hope you still have an audience at season 30. But you know what I mean? It's going to take some time. It's not going to yeah. be season one. You've got to hit. It's it, good. it just goes that way. It's good. And you know, some of the longest standing shows in that same example are the best for reason, for purpose, because you truly get to know the identity of that character and you feel connected and enmeshed. And I think for me, it was similar on a personal journey that even as I was emerging and I was growing, I was learning myself more. Like I, I know myself more today than I did yesterday, than I did 10 years ago. I was like walking around like everyone else rather than walking around like me. And so I think from a media perspective and to turn it back into that conversation, you can't put someone on screen unless they know who they are. And if you do, it's very apparent when that person is on screen to be somebody else, I think. You, you can't hide being authentic. Yeah. You can't hide being an expert. Uh, you can, you can mess up along the way. Trust me, I've had my fair share of turning a name, flipping a name front and backwards, or just completely messing up on someone's last name, but still being an expert. That's not, but you can tell there's a difference. Somebody owns it. When you sit in the hot seat, and I almost said, like, when you sit right here, because I do studios <laughs> from right here, this is where I do TV hits. But for anybody sitting in front of a camera going on, whether it be a podcast, radio, or TV, this is a form of media. You're sharing your message. People are going to either believe you or not believe you. It, there's no give or take. It depends on audience size, right? I mean, on the greatest size, you could be on an international network that reaches 78 million people in America alone. That's a lot of pressure. Trust me, you're sweating, but you're an expert. And when they're calling you an expert and you're just doing everything, there's a lot of pressure. But it all comes down to knowing what you're talking about. And so when we put people on TV, when we start that initial call, that's what I'm looking for. How do they present themselves on this call to myself and my team that we know that we could put them on? Because they could have a great message, but if you don't have the confidence that you believe in what you're talking about, or if you sound like you're just repeating what somebody else said, there's a clear different line. And that's fine. You can go and love whoever you like as an influencer, but you have to have your own story. Because guess what? That person you're probably quoting probably goes on TV a ridiculous amount of times and producers can see through that. So that's what I try to do is develop a story from moment one. What makes you stand out? Because like I've always told people, there's a difference between storytelling and story yelling. And I'm trying to be the expert storyteller, not screaming from the mountaintop. I love that. I haven't heard that before. Really cool. I think yeah. when I'm thinking through that authenticity piece and then also paralleling it to the original part of this conversation where you're saying I wake up really, really early and I am dissecting what's happening in the media at that point so that you have concepts and content and you can show up really well in your position and role that day. When I was first looking at having an agent or having somebody who helped from a management perspective in this realm, they wanted to put me into conversations that were already happening. So then I could flip the angle into sharing what I really wanted to share. Um, and the conversation was around the great resignation, uh, which happened a little bit earlier this year. People were talking all about everybody quitting their jobs because of COVID and all of these pieces. And I felt like I could speak to it because I helped start up business owners, a lot of which have shifted from a traditional corporate job, a nine to five into starting their business. And the more and more I thought about it, I'm like, this is so interesting because again, that conversation is going to change on the daily and you have to be able to ebb and flow. 
And for me personally, I literally don't watch the news zero at all. And so talk to me through like from somebody on the way far outside, my news is social media and my husband who will be like, Hey, you should probably know that bomb went off and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. But I, I couldn't handle the consistent um, negativity. And I also have so many inputs learning every single day that it was another input and discernment is also something I'm constantly working through. So I'm like, you won't believe what the news said. And my husband, like, that's not real. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> I believed it. So talk me through a couple of those pieces, whatever prompted in your spirit. Cause I know there was a couple of conversations in there. Ooh, I, I love, I, I love that question because it's one that I'm asked quite often by folks that uh, get to know me or sit down with me and break bread. That's a question I get all the time. How do we deal with the bad side of TV, the bad side of media, where a lot of people don't watch TV, which is crazy to me, where people are like, I don't watch the news. And I'm like, I read eight newspapers every morning. Like, I just do that. And I read the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I can tell you there's a lot of times that prayer gets me through a lot. But you dissect for each client, for each person. You Mind you, I'll tell you this. More people don't watch the news than watch the news, including people who go on the news don't watch a lot of it, <laughs> right, which is right. crazy. But we craft their story because it's my job, our job. Maybe this is just life lift. I don't know. I can't speak for every agency. There's some amazing agents out there, so I'm not putting anybody down when I'm talking here. But what we do, what I pride this company in doing is finding and crafting every day, if it pertains to them, we'll go craft their message approve it with them going here. Can you talk about this and brief them? I'll do a quick 10 minute brief with any one of my clients to bring them up to speed. And then they'll add their flavor on top of it and they feel comfortable. If they're not comfortable with it, we're not going to do it. And I'll move on to somebody else. And our, and it's not like, oh, we're moving on from you. You won't do it. No, it's more like, if you're not comfortable with it, I'm not going to put you on to number one, risk reputation with a network. Two, trust me, there's nothing worse than a horrible TV exposure. <laughs> for you not to send me a happy phone call. And uh, yeah, uh, I don't like bad phone calls and I don't like getting yelled at. It's not a thrill in my life. So that's what we do. And a lot of it is trying to go through the good and the bad. We don't cover a lot of negativity uh, at LifeLit. That's not where we're, so we don't cover politics. We have a couple of politicians. I handle those personally. My team does not. We handle more of the vanilla and happy stuff, you know, crypto and entertainment and sports and fun stuff and business side of the house, not the ugly political stuff. Now there's a caveat to that. I am a veteran and we do put vets on when there are things. The last thing we covered that was major was what happened in Afghanistan in August. And that was probably the hardest time that I've had in this business. I would, I used to tell everybody it was COVID, but those 14 days were probably the hardest I've ever had in this business because it was personal to me. COVID wasn't personal to me because it just wasn't. I, I already work remote. I, my team is already remote. So COVID to me, I mean, unfortunately, like recessions, COVID is great for the media, just like recessions are good for bars. People yeah. will still go drink. Guess yeah. what? TV still needs to be covered. Business yeah. owners still need to go on and talk about how they're going to recover from COVID or how yeah. they're struggling with COVID. Afghanistan was personal to me. It was very hard to hear what I was hearing, getting engulfed in it. I wasn't sleeping. I was up on Afghanistan hours talking to my contacts on the ground, talking to people who were leaving the States and sneaking over there to go get people out and hearing the heartbreaking stories that nobody was hearing about on TV. 
and having to close my eyes at night and know what I knew and my wife having to go through that with me because I would start crying because it was just, it was, it was horrible. And then losing, and I'm getting goosebumps talking about this, then losing those 13 brave American, you know, warriors uh, to that terrorist attack, that really kind of sent everybody over the edge, especially in the military, especially in the veteran community. That really got a lot of us, hit us right in the heart because those are our brothers, those are our sisters. And it's hard to see that because that's not what we ever want to see. So it was really difficult. And that's why we don't go in those dark places. We try to avoid the dark because it's not a happy place. So I try to turn the news into something positive and drive our clients that way. Hopefully I didn't ramble too long on that. No, it's incredible. And and I love the personal connection to that. I think that that makes what you do that much more purposeful um, and and creates your why on a consistent basis. I'm curious from a, a back back story. So we talked about the Marines. We talked about you having that gift of gab. Did that, was that something you cultivated when you were little? Was your mom like, please stop talking, Eric? Like, how did you even know to utilize or lean on that? Did you get in trouble and reprimanded during your your training in the Marines? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Mom, I know she'll watch this. My mom watches everything. My mom is my most loyal TV viewer. So she watches all my podcasts and she grades it. So mom's going to listen and she'll nod her head right here and she'll go agree. I've always been talkative since... I was tiny. I I just don't know how to shut up. I love talking. I love talking to people. I love people for the most part. I love happy people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love talking. I always have. I mean, I went to private school when I was a kid. I went to Catholic school. We had nuns and they whacked us with rulers and all that stuff. And I was the talkative kid. I remember every time I got sent to the principal's office quite often because <laughs> I was talking when I wasn't supposed to be. And I remember them sitting down with my parents who were divorced at the time. Oh, they were divorced at the time. They're not remarried. <laughs> They're uh, still divorced. I get it. They're still divorced. <laughs> but I remember sitting there and kind of my <clears throat> biological father was very stern, right? He was like, you shouldn't be talking, you know? And my mom's like, well, we're just talkative people. This is, this is, my mom's always been like my hero until I met my <laughs> wife. That was my, my mom was like, there we go. Let's, he can do what he wants. My grandfather called me ace. Like I was that guy, right? I was that kid who was like, so he just talks a lot. It's okay to talk. <laughs> I would get in there and my grandmother, she'd, you know, pick me up from school and she'd hand me a drink and like a donut. Yeah, that's great. The healthy diet choices <laughs> we were making when I was a kid. They're like, here's a glazed two, two glazed donuts. Not to one. Talk more, to talk to, more. To talk more. Yeah. Feed him sugar. So this gremlin will talk just a little bit more, but it's helped me in the long run talking as much. I mean, even in the Marine Corps, I talked a lot, but that was good because I was a communicator and I was able to get to people and help. And I think that's my calling. That's one of the things that I really enjoy doing is the fact that I'm able to communicate with people and not be afraid to A, speak my mind, to do it in a way that relates to many instead of a chosen few. I I don't speak like a Harvard grad because I'm not. And I don't want to be. I don't want to speak eloquently. That's not my style. That's not me. I want to relate to as many people as possible. So since I've been very young, I've always done that. And it's a bad habit. Sometimes it can be deemed as disrespectful because if you put me in the South, I'll get some twang to my voice for no reason at all. <laughs> I'm probably, when I go to New York, well, that's where all my bloodlines are from. So that actually comes out. But I spent most of my life in California. So I sound like a Californian 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. And in Northern California, because I use the word hella all the time, which is people are like, oh, you're from totally from Northern California. So for me, it's fun. 
And I've always wanted to be a stand-up comic, so talking was something that I did. True story. True story. Anybody out there probably doesn't know this about me. When I was in seventh grade, I got up on stage for a half hour. We had a fall festival, like in October. This was the thing, the private school I went to. I got up on stage. <laughs> I did a stand-up. The problem was, is I didn't know what kind of stand-up I was going to do. and I didn't know what I was supposed to do. So instead, I quoted Dennis Miller and uh, George Carlin. Which, by the way, at a private school, you're probably not supposed to do either one of their humor. And I was like towing the line with jokes, keeping it just clean enough. And they're like, like he can stay up there for another one. Maybe not. They're like looking at me. And I just remember looking at the crowd. They laughed. But you could just see people who were part of the school, like looking at me like. And I was an altar boy, by the way. So that made it even better. Like <laughs> They're like, he's up there telling bad jokes. And I'm like, that's my parents' fine parenting. They're like. They let me watch this oh stuff, my so gosh, I learned it. Hilarious. <laughs> and it's not surprising because I think what is most relatable, and I think as I've gotten to know you a bit more and even conversations I hear of you through other people, I think that that um, persona, which is who you are, who you've cultivated to be, is the attraction quality of all of Life Flip Media. Uh, I think it's what makes you successful. I think um, it's what makes your marriage successful, probably in many ways, to be able to have that gift of gab and lightheartedness, um, because I know she is also very vibrant in that way. I'm curious, because you guys work together, is that correct? Absolutely, we do. Talk us through that, because I know a lot of entrepreneurs who either their spouse cannot, for the life of them, comprehend the fact that they are an entrepreneur or what they do on a day-to-day basis. And then there are the ones like me and my husband who are both entrepreneurs, and it's hard to talk about anything else because we love it so much. So where where do you and Susie fall on the line? How, how do you guys relate in that and working together? Number one, my wife is beyond my best friend. I never love somebody as much as I do. Actually, I'll take that back. There's there's three people that I love more than my wife, and they're my children. But I didn't know that until I had them. And like I told my wife, I was like, I love you a lot. But then we had kids, and I love them a little <laughs> bit more. So I know I told you when we got married, I'd take a bullet for you. But there's like three people in front of you. So, oh, I'm just saying. I don't know if that's biblical, Eric. I don't know if you're supposed to do that. I don't think it is, but it's called humor. So I'm always snarky and funny. I can't help it. Uh, it's my it. bad joke. I know they people are, are like, cute. oh, he said that. I'm like, hey, I, do, I come with a parental advisory sticker. No, my wife, uh, she's incredible. Uh, we, we've been married what are we going, 18 years. Wow. Feels like just yesterday. Uh, we've had our good and our bad, but when we built this business, there's no one. I've always had trust issues when it comes to having a business. Uh, I've tried to launch other businesses and have friends and cohorts and fellow veterans, and somehow, some way, it just it gets ugly. And I was like, "Oh crap! I'm going to do this with my wife. How's this going to turn out?" And instead, it turned out great because her strengths are my weaknesses, and. You can't really work on a business and move forward if you're always trying to like, oh, how do I fix this and move forward? If you're going to spend time because you have to fix it to go do that means you stop growing, which means you stop getting revenue. And entrepreneurs are out there going, I totally get that because you need revenue to keep moving. So we decided, well, why don't we work on who's got what strengths and what and do that? So we literally divided the business down the line. She is the CEO of the company because she runs the admin side of the house. She runs everything, our accounting team, anything that goes on behind the scenes. She's the one back there. She's the wizard of Oz pulling the levers and doing all the fun things and making the lollipop kids dance. (laughs) And 
I'm the one in the front with the media. Obviously, I talk. Well, she talks a lot. If anybody's ever met my wife, they're like, Lucy, she talks a lot. She does. Almost as much as me. And we're snarky together. Our personalities go together. We have a lot of fun talking about the business. While she has other businesses that she's cultivating at the same time, she's able to do what she does as a specialty with LifeLip, which lets me go off and do what I do best. And I don't have to turn around and go, what are you doing back there? Instead, it's getting done and I don't have to worry about it. There's an, I've never had so much trust in working with somebody because I know she's going to get it done. Our common goal is the same thing. They sit at the table with us every night and have dinner with the two of us. Those are yeah. our children. Our family comes first. To be able to have the lifestyle that we have comes from hard work. And if I'm not moving the ball forward and she's not helping get everything behind and cleaning up the disaster that I leave. I leave a mess <laughs> behind because that's part of doing this job is moving forward. I don't have time. Oh, you need to go chase that contract. You'll go do that. You keep moving forward. That's what's made it easier. And that's how we put a process together. And at the beginning, it was messy just to try to tie it all together. Now, seven years down the line, as of next month, being able to plug this all in, it's a streamlined machine that I catch it. And she does the back end stuff. And it keeps the ball rolling and we don't run into any speed bumps. And again, there's nobody I'd rather be in business with than my wife. That's so awesome. And, I, and you get to travel together. You get to create relationships and other things with her. Um, and I think there's a lot of fun to be had. And so yeah. it's something Gary and I are exploring more on. What is it? What would it look like if we were to actually work together rather than to work on separate entities? Yeah. Um, so we know that that's something in our future. Well, so you, you touched wanted... on traveling together and that's one of my favorite things. Yeah. I I it's like having a travel that. buddy at all times yes. that I can have fun with. And even if I come from like a weird meeting or have an experience, she's there to experience it with me because yes. one of the things working in tech was we worked with all these great companies. I worked for some of the biggest brands that are out there and worked with some really cool sports teams and not having her with me calling with the excitement. And I get excited about a lot of things. Shocking. I know, but calling her up isn't the same as being part of it. Yeah. There's a difference of sharing the experience with me, whether it's good or bad. So we learn from it because she'll tell everybody last time I blessed the stage before Pro for God last month was uh, a bad experience. I, yeah, you could say crash and burn was an understatement of how bad my keynote was. And then to get back up on stage and have a fun time with a great energetic audience and have a great time and great conversation to watch her be proud of that was Everybody else could clap and high five, but making my wife happy and smile and say, I did a great job at the end of the day. That's what I was. That's the only person I, I cared that. about in the entire room. I love everybody there, but the wife <laughs> no, was I the thumbs that. up person. Likewise. I love that. And just this year was the first year that Gary was actually traveling and going to conferences with me and watching me speak. Of course, he hears me talk all the time, just like she does for you. But it's different when you're actually doing your craft versus just having a conversation. So, um, so I really love that. Fit and Faith Media Co. is dedicated to activating mission-driven leaders in the marketplace by way of publishing, press, and play. Because your story doesn't just matter to you. It matters to move others. We help you dissect and share your message through podcasting, book writing, and business development. These three areas are exactly how my team and I have opened doors to stages, become the best-selling author I always dreamed I'd be, and even the entrepreneur that energetically and joyfully shows up to serve each and every day. Literally nothing I do feels like work. Every day feels like play. 
and we'd love to help you live the same life of freedom and fun. If you're a speaker, a writer, or an aspiring business owner, let's jump on a call today to vision cast your future together. Go to www.fitinfaithmedia.com. Again, that's fitinfaithmedia.com. Book your call. If you're a founder, an innovator, a trailblazer, or a wannabe, we can help you get there. Let's do it. So let's talk about one of your specialties in the crafting of the message and the storytelling aspect of the human experience and how then they bring it to life through media. Um, give us some pointers in that regard. If someone was to, to try and do this on their own. Well, the first thing is to have a story and make it unique. I'm not saying you have to have it completely different than somebody else. There's a lot of people in every vertical space that we're at. I think the key is to see what makes your service unique to your area, where you live and where you live in the country. I almost was making up words there. Wow, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> it happens from time to time when you talk as much as I no do. No judgment. It might be a word. You never know. <laughs> you never know. But we're going to make it a word today. You heard it here first. We're, let's copyright that when we're done. Uh, <laughs> but you need to find your story, craft your story so it's brief. Because if you're going to go share this with the media, even podcasters, and I, and I know a lot of podcasters, and from the greats like Joe Rogan and Lewis Howes uh, down to, you know, I forget my friend Ben, who has a small podcast with like 10 of the same listeners, but he's kept it for like five years. Their pitches, you have to give good stories brief when you're sending an email or a tweet or an Instagram DM. Keep it sweet and to the point what you do and make something out of it. Be creative. Have something to go with it, a link. I always say make a video. There's so many different ways to make free videos these days that make you unique or a blog that you've written. Tie your story, your brand, what you do, make it unique and make it brief because that's what people want to know. What catches the eye? Why are you different than any one of your competitors? Because you don't need to worry about your competitors. Your competitors probably don't worry about you. I can tell you that I don't even know who my competitors are. I'm aware of who they are, but they don't affect day-to-day -day running of my business or what I do. And trust me, when I'm on TV, I'm a sports and entertainment analyst. I am one in a million. You can put us all in a bucket and guarantee you'll hit every one of us. There's a lot of us. It's like bobbing for apples. There's a bazillion <laughs> of us. But how do I stand out is who I am. My, my trademark is my snark. Even in the interview that I did <laughs> just last night is I always make the anchor laugh. That's my goal is a little to get a chuckle. I can't and I've imagine. survived this with even you. You've laughed several times. So yes, goal continues on. But I do that on every interview. And I've done that since I started doing interviews. So I'm uh, almost a thousand interviews in the last three years. And every time I've made the get, I think almost every time I would say like 95% will go with that because I didn't start this time for the first like 10 interviews. And trust me, I think they were laughing at me, not with me. Oh, right, um, right. Because you weren't yourself. But, Ultimately, yeah. it was just because you weren't yourself. Exactly. Yeah. But I think what you have to do is get this story down. You have to know your story and your trademark What and find your voice. That's, that's the real talk out of everything. For media, the secret is knowing your voice and how you do it. I wasn't comfortable in front of the camera like I am right now. This took time. Again, going back to what we started talking about, time, right? We all want everything to happen, but it doesn't. It takes time to be comfortable staring at a camera. I just had a good friend sitting in my studio last week on Cyber Monday doing an interview. And he was on national TV, like second time ever. And he's like, 
how, how do I sit? And I'm like, dude, you just sit here and you look at the camera. <laughs> dude, just sit. <laughs> dude, that's what I do. He's like, it's not like that, man. I've never done this. You're just calm, cool, and collect. And I'm like, okay, what I want you to do is look at the camera like you're talking to me and just talk to it and tell your story, but be comfortable and own it. And I think to go back to what entrepreneurs, if you're trying to get into media, and I can't stress this enough, the story has to be yours. It's no one else's. And producers will see right through that. And you want to relate to your audience. And if you're just starting in this, I know everybody wants to be on Good Morning America Today show. That's cute. Don't swing for the fences. I'm telling you now. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to hear the word no, and you're not going to like it. Go for your local media and tell them your story. They're going to want to hear it and practice getting it done in front of a camera and telling what the world what you're talking about. Go in live stream. Tell your story because that's how people will see your authenticity. They'll know you own it. You'll find your voice because you can bumble and stumble on local TV. That's fine. They're, trust me, we have all, all watched local TV and the, some of the people they interview, you're like, that was a tough interview. <laughs> but you're only doing that in front of a couple thousand people. Right, Elevate right. that to national. It's a little bit more difficult when there's 2.5 million people watching you and you're sitting under these lights. And they're asking you to give your viewpoint on social justice or, I mean, I've talked about some tough topics yeah. in front of this camera. I bet. So that's, I think, for entrepreneurs to be able to cover that, have your voice and stand your ground on things. There's nothing wrong with that. And get out of your own head. I think that is another, I didn't know if you asked me for multiple steps. No, but that's I'm just great. But these are the things that I go through and I tell our clients when we're training in media training is get out of your head. Stop worrying if you have a viewpoint that differs from your uncle goober it doesn't matter at the end of the day because is that your is is uncle goober buying everything from you buying your product using your service no at the end of the day and, and people do this and let's be real some people don't like certain networks and they'll be they'll i won't go on there Eric, and i'll go why oh because so and so didn't like so-and-so who I voted for or who was elected or all this. just And I'm like, well, you're not going on talking about politics. You're going on to talk about small business. Why? Oh, they won't. They don't like that network. And I'm like, do they pay your rent? Do they pay your bills? Do they pay your mortgage? Do they pay any? No, they just, I go, I guarantee, trust me, I have family members that are politically opposite of me. And they share Every one of my interviews, they don't always agree with what I may say on TV, but trust me, they're very proud of every time you do. And I have yet to find somebody who's like, oh, I'm not sharing your stuff because you went on this network. Nobody's going to do that. They're going to be proud of you. So don't worry about that. Going on national TV is awesome. So don't worry about that. Going on regular TV is awesome. It's fun. Go on and have fun. It's your message. Trust me. It's going to build credibility for your brand. So just go do it. So I'm curious about that in, in the local realm, because I've done that quite a few times, not necessarily for my business now, but for a lot of other advocate um, experiences that I was with, is an angle and a specific storyline necessary? So you're saying like, tell your story. Well, I feel like we all have a thousand stories, right? And so how do you know when to pitch what is, are you trying to relay it to the time of year? Or like I had mentioned earlier, a conversation that's happening worldwide or locally, are you trying to get an in and then to be able to then share more about yourself? Or are you trying to just, here's, here's who I am. Here's my particular pitch. 
Well, you should always tell who you are. And this goes, we'll do, let's just do local because this yeah. is going to work for everybody. Yeah. So if you, this is where you grab your pins and pay attention. All the rest, I was just rambling. Uh, <laughs> but go. this is where we're going to make sense here. What you want to do is be able to go on. And I always tell folks, you grab your phone, you go to Twitter and you find your local TV stations, your NBCs, your ABCs, your CBSs. You find them and you go there and they have a general desk and they have like a general assignment desk. You can call it and say, where can I send pitches to? And they'll tell you. And you're like, cool. That way you tell your story. You know, you don't, trust me, this isn't, you know, you're not calling Adam Carolla show and you don't need to confess all your sins on this phone call. You just need to say, hey, I'm trying to figure out where I send my pitches to. Once you have that, then you go in and you look and you start seeing who they follow. Every TV station in America follows their journalists and their executive producers. Almost, and I say this within 98% certainty, almost all anchors and journalists who are what they're, you know, they're multi they're multitasking journalists. So these journalists are out there and they're able to cut their own video. Some of them have to carry their own cameras. They have to do all this work. Well, they'll have their email. They're like hot tips and topics. So you kind of start looking at those people and you collect those emails. You follow those people and you see what they're talking about. Now, see, this is, again, this is an overnight thing. This is that time factor yeah. Yeah. where you go look and you get to know them. Again, this is, you got to look at this as, it's probably a poor comparison, but this is how you make friends with someone, right? This is how you build that bond besides you just using them, right? That, that's how totally. it is when you're just like, I just want to be on TV to talk about yeah. myself. Right. Would you put me on TV if I was like, hey, I just want to <laughs> brag about myself, give you no right. value, not, not like, retweet, share, want right. to invite you to podcast. No, I just want to use you selfishly to help myself and yeah. make money for myself. No, that's not how you do it. You have to build the relationship with these folks. They're human. They put pants on the same way we do, I hope. <laughs> they better. I'd be weird if they didn't. Uh, but that's they're human. You have to remember that. And you build relationships with them, just like you do your other friends in virtual world on Clubhouse and everywhere else that you, on Instagram, where you find friends, that's where they are. But they're local to you. And you see what they're talking about. Obviously, if you don't go follow the weather guy, unless you have a weather-related product, but you go follow the journalists who are talking about small businesses in your hometown, let's just go with small biz, follow them and go, hey, this is how kind of tie in what you were talking about, right? The mass, the mass resignations across the country. That's where you kind of do a tie-in. So you do a couple where you're tying in and you feather in your business into that. I'm being all cleffy with the hands. <laughs> for those that aren't watching, yeah, you've, <laughs> you've got hand signals over got here. Hands going on here for everybody who's not watching. The hands are going, uh, but feathering it in so people can, you know, feather in what you do and mention it lightly, but tie in more of how you solve it, what problem you solve for the community. Cause that's what producers want to know. They're going to put you on if you're interesting. So that means have a good story to how you help. How, will you make their audience go, huh, I want to pay attention to this. I want to stay eyeballs longer, just like how podcasts are measured with how long you listen, just like live streams are measured by how long you watch. TV's the same way. That's what ad revenue. Can they go for that nine, 10 minute stretch? Usually TV for an hour segment. It goes five, nine, 11, 11, nine six or something crazy, weird numbers like that with commercials built in. All those are sponsor driven, right? That's where money for the station comes in. If you can be interesting for your five minutes, 
you're going to be returning again and again. And then there's going to be that opportunity to go on a morning show or the noontime show and be interviewed to talk about what you do. Hey, how do you, what do you do? And they feature you. So it's a little give and take. You build those relationships. And guess what? A lot of those local folks have ties to national, right? They have friends that have moved on and they're like, hey, we had this amazing guest. You don't believe me? I could tell you at least six people I personally put on national TV that came from recommendations from local anchors who had friends at national who said, hey, we know this person. Can we get them and put them on? Happens all the time. Even when I put out all calls to like, if I have a free, like one hit that I need to fill during COVID, we did a lot. We're like, I need somebody from LA small business. And I'd be like, hey, who do you have? I go to local producers first. So I hit up producers in Los Angeles at KTLA and different outlets. Who do you have? They give me a list of people. So, and those people ended up on major networks. So that's why it matters. That's why you need to do the work because you'll look like a hero and you'll own your hometown because that's where your business grows. So go where your backyard, everybody will know your name. Yeah. So tell me from like a business development perspective, because people are being pulled in every which way, right? To try this, do this, become TikTok famous, be an influencer, have a platform. And I remember specifically hearing that for multiple years in a row while I was trying to pitch my book that is now a number one bestseller. Thanks. Uh, But the platform and the agent, or not the platform, the agent and the publishers, they wouldn't um, move forward in relationship because I didn't have a big enough platform. Talk to Mm. me about what does that look like from an influencer perspective, or do we need a platform in order to get and serve local television that then goes national? Are they looking for that? Do they even care? (laughs) Let's get a few things. I just, this is just, I just want to clear the air on this. I know everybody wants to be verified, right? I hear this every (laughs) conversation. Give me a blue check. Exactly. Everybody wants a blue check. Uh, I can tell you, uh, LifeLit Media has put 1,100 people on TV in 2021. We're not verified. Uh, I've been on TV 200 and what are we at? 272 times in 2021. I'm not verified. Uh, verification means nothing. The producers don't look and they don't care. They seriously, they don't. If you are verified, they expect you to do a whole lot more than you would if <laughs> right. you're a normal. They're like, oh, make sure you share this. And all of a sudden you're committed <laughs> to sharing more if you have a lot of followers and you have that blue check mark. It means nothing. Likes and follows. If you're consistent in your messages on there, what they're looking for on your social platforms, where we're all at, is what message are you sending off? What's your vibe? Are you on there? Like I don't know, uh, being negative, being you know that person. Uh, I mean, what's your trademark? See, I stay within my lines of I'm snarky. I make the comments I make, but I then always add some motivation that fits my personality. So, and all the people I go on TV with follow me and they know what they're getting with me and they think it's great because they know that's the real me. So be the real you on social and don't worry about, well, do I have enough? Don't go by followers. Don't believe all that hype because there's a lot of people who go on TV every day. I know some people have less than 2000 followers that go on TV almost three times, four times a week. In fact, some of them we represent and it doesn't matter. It absolutely, just have a social presence. Don't be a nobody. Be involved. Make sure you post once a day. I tell people once a day. I'm asking for once a day. Fine. And even if you don't like every platform, I'm not saying be that person that needs to be on everything. You don't have to be on Pinterest. If you don't like Facebook, fine. 
try to be on Instagram because everybody's there. And I'm going to tell everybody now because I love it and I've seen the growth and I've seen people really go start embracing TikTok. You can share oh. your interviews on there. <laughs> I hear people this all like the them. time. Yeah, TikTok is one of my favorites because people like that. And then you could share your reels. You could tell your story. It doesn't mean you have to dance or lip sync. <laughs> or point. I like doing both. But <laughs> that's where you should be. And that's how you tell your story. So if you're an influencer looking to influence through TV, local isn't going to care. They're not going to be like, oh, Eric only has. No, they're, they're not going to do that. Do you have a good story? Do you stand out from a crowd? Are you authentic? Are you going to help their audience grow? You're going to get followers naturally by what you say on there. And you're going to get people to comment, whether good or bad, no matter what you do. Trust me, I tell you, I have more trolls than I know what to do with. But you know what? It also comes with followers, too. So you naturally get those things and you don't worry about it. I mean, that's just the way of the land. So Hopefully they answered your question. No, I love it so much. And it inspires me because I think there's a more of a need in my perspective. And one of the reasons I stopped even being involved in media at all and watching is because of the negativity and everything about my platform and the things that I love is positive driven. Right. And so if someone was to say, get on this network and I didn't agree with it, I feel like it's just another opportunity of like, get on TikTok and I don't want to be there because I've seen this negative, you know, this viral, sexual, pornographic, all this negative stuff. But if I can show up and be light, that's really where I want to stay and resonate mm -hmm. with other people because they need it. Because yep. you never so, know. I mean, for all of these platforms, social, yeah. but I always lead back to TV. Sure. You may not agree with what they say. And I'm going to pick on them because they're my favorite network, Fox News. I get sure. a lot of people, I won't go on Fox. And I'm like, okay, you know, they're the number one network for the last 84 months. Right. Uh, right, right. They're, they're owning right. it. And yeah, they, like, don't, they don't need you. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but you might change somebody's. You're not going to go on and talk about politics. If you're working with us, that's not what you're talking about. You're going to go on and you're going to talk about small business. You're going to talk about things that are important to you. You know, you're going to talk about your relationship with God. You can talk about just about anything. You can be that light because at the end of the day, they're 3.5, 4.5, 5.5 million viewers. How many of those people out there are going to hear what you're saying? and will become inspired and you will become the light in their dark. That's what I want people to do because it can build a business. I've watched very small business and I said this on stage and you were there where I told the story and everybody I'm now I'm plugging beloved cheesecakes in Silverton, Oregon. Go look them up. They're on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, we put them on national TV. They were days away from closing. Uh, now they're probably never going to shut down. They have the best cheesecake on the planet and it's served all over the place. And you can go on there and they have a huge, it's a whole difference where you see up until April and then they went on TV and it's a whole different world. And it was, she inspired a bunch of people to see that there's other small businesses out there that were struggling. She was able to tell her story and relate to so many people. So your story, it, it may not, and it's not for everybody, but you're going to inspire and motivate and drive those people who were waiting to hear your voice. And you don't even know that. But if you don't have the confidence to sit there and worry about what Uncle, Go Uncle Goober is going to look at me at Christmas dinner and be like, I can't believe you went on. No, they're not. Nobody's going to sit there. Honey. Like, yeah. they're not judging you because you're not up there going, I don't agree with this or that. No, you're like, this is my story. Talk about your book. Talk about how you help people. Because other people going through the same struggles. Are we kidding ourselves? 24 months into this journey we've all been on called COVID. 
come on, this is yeah. horrible, but we all want to be inspired. People want like, we don't want murder and death and all the horribleness right. that we see every day. Trust me, I have to look at it every day and I look for the happy stories. And right. that's why I'm funny and snarky and say the things I do, because to me, it's entertaining. Yeah. I mean, that's why I do it when I'm on TV and I'm interviewed. Go watch any of my interviews and you will always find some little snarky little comment I sneak in there. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Eric, it's been so fun having you on. And I hope that people not only connect with you and your wife and LifeLip Media, but they also follow you on social and they get their local TV stations engaged in their story. Um, And that doesn't require you. But when you get to the big stage, the big leagues, or even the small leagues, if you guys need support in that, Eric is your go-to in that regard. Don't come to him with politics, though. You learned that several times. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Eric, you're a gift. I appreciate you so much. I can't wait to see what transfolds in the next couple of years as you guys just continue to step into your calling and your gifting and, and doing so by bringing light and joy to the media world. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Chat soon. Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.